0: Welcome to another place in time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hello everybody, this is Dead or Survive and I am your host, Rob Riches
1: And I'm your other host, Cheryl Riches
0: So, we're back
1: We're back
0: Sorry about last week. Uh, it was uh, pretty uh, traumatic for us. Um, if you didn't hear what happened, we uh, lost one of our pups that we were helping rescue, so not good on us. And uh, I know some people are weird and think that we're weird for mourning dogs and stuff, but dogs are a lot of our lives and stuff. There's some people out there that are just like, well, their dogs move on. And
1: it, it was actually so very traumatic. Anyways, that's sad.
0: So thank you for bearing with us on that one. Um, it's my January curse, as I tell everybody. Everybody around me knows that something bad happens to me right after Christmas every year. Always, some people tell me it's because I project it.
1: Well, maybe we should work on that for next year.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go away. <laughs> I'm going to hide for the month of January. <laughs> Other than that, what else has happened this week? Let's get past that stuff.
1: our um, um, son-in-law... Got me a gift of a batch of bottled wines. So we went and did that yesterday and saw him and my daughter.
0: Yes. So Cheryl is fully stocked. I she had fully stocked. She had 31 bottles of wine. She gave away three, so we're down to 28 bottles of wine.
1: Now we're down to 27. And now we're down to 27.
0: <laughs> 26. <laughs> That's how fast this is going to go. We might as well have just placed <laughs> another order while we were there.
1: We should have. It's like very far away. I mean, it be, it maybe it would be a, a good excuse to get up to see our daughter more often. We'll see. We'll see how this ages. It's a little new still right now.
0: So it's no good?
1: It's good. It's just not like how good it would be if it, I waited another six weeks. But that's not going to happen.
0: Well, this is something. Yeah. See, if you waited.
1: Right. <laughs> um,
0: I got to go to work this weekend. So that was cool. spent some time at work. I uh, took the doggos for a walk. Did some laundry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty late. I'm a good husband. You should keep me. And we, we went out and got another couch for the dogs because their couch, (laughs) they kind of chewed up.
0: That's how we are. Our dogs have their own couch and chair.
1: (laughs) It needed replacing. So yeah, we picked up a used couch for our dogs.
0: (laughs) Oh, what is wrong with us? What is this world coming to? My dogs have a nicer couch to sit on than I do.
1: They have their own bed. They, they have, their own, have bedroom. their own bed.
0: They have their own bedroom. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> and we're uh, back to a full week of production after some slowdown time. So that was fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is good to get back to normal in a in a way. I think
0: all good all good stuff yeah, yeah. No motorcycle show like i wanted to go to but hey whatever right it's just motorcycle shows.
1: <laughs> yeah it's mm. just motor it's the same damn thing every single time we go damn motorcycles same same motorcycles you saw last year and nope, the year before and nope, the year they're before. new
0: they're new motorcycles no i don't
1: think they are i yeah. recognize them and i don't even pay that much attention and i recognize them
0: no 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 different <laughs> color schemes different little things
1: yeah, they added new chrome to the same motorcycle. Do you have it's a story? same paint job. I, I, have, I have a story. Good, read it. Do you have a That's drink? It. I have a drink, yeah. We already went through that. I have a drink. That's
0: right. We went yeah. through that. We went through <laughs> how spoiled you are with your bottled water and your bottled wine and your husband taking care of you and working extra overtime, and I can't go get motorcycle parts. That's right. I remember now. Yeah. Shush your face, drink your wine, let's go.
1: Okay. Do you want to hear my story? Nope. Well, I guess that's the end.
0: <laughs> Good. Let's move on to the important stuff. Let's talk about my stories.
1: You're hearing my story. Oh. Just sit back shut your face and listen to my story.
0: All right. Okay.
1: I'm going to, well, maybe not shut your face because- Well,
0: make up your <laughs> mind here. You don't even know what you want. My
1: shut mind, up. Don't shut up. Guess, make
0: sure you talk. Don't talk. I
1: get vocal fry if you don't interrupt me once in a while. It's required. Okay. I'm going to tell you about Ada Blackjack.
0: What? We're in Vegas? We're playing blackjack? What are you? Ada Blackjack? It's a
1: really, really cool last name. That's her last name. Blackjack. Ada was born in the remote Inuit settlement of Spruce Creek in northwest Alaska in 1898.
0: So she was Canadian? No. Did Alaska owned owned by Canada ever?
1: No, I don't think so. At this point, for sure, it wasn't. it. It was the States. Okay. It was the year of the Alaskan gold rush. When gold was discovered in the nearby village of Solomon, 13 kilometers west of Spruce Creek, the region saw an influx of thousands of non native people from across the US. So you probably learned a little bit about it in history, right?
0: The gold rush? Yeah. Yeah. That's how come they named the football team 1940, the 49ers? Why? Because of the gold rush in 49 in San Francisco. But
1: this was, oh, yeah, but this isn't San Francisco. This is 1898.
0: You told me to shift my face, so I was a little upset with you. I wasn't listening.
1: <laughs> okay. Infrastructure followed, including a railroad and a telephone line. How about you listen now? Oh. When the tidal storms hit in 1913, the railroad was destroyed, and with the gold rush over, Solomon became a predominantly – I'm gonna. I'm hoping I'm saying it right because it's in here a few times, but Inupiat village once again. So it's like Inupiat is a part of – like they are Inuits, but it's like a, their own tribe kind of thing. Tribe, probably not the word, but that's what they are. So the village went from this really remote, isolated community to a booming gold mine town, and then it all crashed and became isolated again. In 1918, the area was ravaged by the Spanish flu epidemic, and it wiped out over half of Solomon's 62 residents.
0: All 62? <laughs>
1: half of the 62. Well, yeah. you know, that's
0: what <laughs> two times the size of where we live.
1: <laughs> Actually, it is true. Okay. Okay. So when Ada was eight years old, her father got deathly ill after eating spoiled meat, so he got food poisoning. Her mother was away, so Ada and her younger sister bundled the dying man onto a sled and began mushing towards Nome. Remember, she's eight. Somewhere along the way, they realized that their father had died, so Ada turned the sled around and brought him home. Imagine an eight-year-old, like, sledding across Alaska by themselves with their younger sister at this point, like, this day and age.
0: It'd be good for young people. No, they'd whine.
1: (laughs) I didn't get the right dog. Okay. After? after What year was this? 1898.
0: So, this is surprising. Did you know that the U.S. bought Alaska from Russia? Oh, really? Yeah. In 1867.
1: Nope, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. Okay. Anyways, after her father's death, her mother sent her to a Methodist school run by Christian missionaries in Nome. Another nearby gold rush town. There she was taught to read in English, sew, and cook white, white folks' food.
0: Oh, this isn't going to get into these schools, are they?
1: It doesn't really. I mean, it does because she was affected by it, obviously, because like we know more and more now that these schools were really bad news. Um, they often forcibly removed indigenous children from their families, communities, and cultures and punished them for speaking their native languages and practicing their beliefs. We're learning more about this. It's terrible. And that's, Ada went through that. She was taken from everything that she would have learned growing up. She didn't learn any of that. She learned like white people stuff. Anyways. Um, So she didn't learn like hunting or wilderness, which is an important part of the story. At 16, Ada married a local dog musher. You're going to love his name. Jack Blackjack. (laughs) I can't that wasn't her maiden name. Blackjack was not her maiden name. That is what after she got married. Uh they lived together on the Seward Peninsula, 64 kilometers away from Nome. They had three children, but only one survived infancy. And really? Yeah. Jesus. Jack was a terrible person. He beat and starved Ada in 1921. Um, when she was only 22, Jack deserted her and Ada had no money. And her five-year-old son, Bennett was sick. Bennett had tuberculosis. Oh, yeah. It's not good. She has a pretty rough life. Um, Ada knew that Bennett needed medical help, but she was left with nothing. And she was in the middle of nowhere, like literally. So she had no choice, but to walk the 64 kilometers back to Nome. When Bennett got too tired to walk, she carried him. So she made it though. While in Nome, while Nome had once been the largest settlement in Alaska at the peak of the gold rush in 1900, by 1920 its population had shrunk from 12,488 to 852. So Nome in 1921 was violent and grim. There was no sewers, no ditches, no safe drinking water, and crime was rampant. And with all the people leaving, so did all the jobs. So, but Ada did manage to find some work sewing clothes and cleaning houses, but it hardly paid for anything. Ada needed money not only to feed and clothe her son and herself, but the medical care that Bennett needed was expensive. Okay, so she wasn't making enough money to do that. And she was forced to put Bennett in an orphanage until she could somehow scrape together enough money to support him. But she vowed to make enough money to get Bennett back and take him to Seattle to get the best care for his tuberculosis.
0: Seattle wouldn't be that far from Alaska, right? Straight down.
1: Yep. It was around that time that an expedition crew arrived in Nome seeking a seamstress who spoke English. The expedition group had been sent by Wilhelmer Stephenson. He was a Canadian-born explorer, and he wanted to colonize Wrangell Island. It was 140 kilometers off the coast of Siberia on behalf of the British Empire. So like we were talking about, there was a lot of land, in that area that was kind of up in there that nobody really owned at that point. So what Stephenson wanted to do was claim it as British land, this island.
0: Yeah. That's what I was reading about when I found out the thing there, like there was so many undefined stuff up there. Yeah. And then even when Canada came in and separated, like the British Columbia, the states thought that they owned it and there was a big um, woo-ha over that.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So anyways, the expedition's there, and Ada's name was immediately put forward by the local police chief. They were offering $50 a month. The job would last a year or even two, so that was huge money back then. Huge! Yeah. Even so, Ada was reluctant to take the job. She didn't want to be away from Bennett that long, and she didn't want to spend a year or two alone with four white men. But the team was persistent and assured her that there would be other Inuit families going too, so Ada agreed. These expeditions relied on skilled Inuits for their knowledge of the land and hunting abilities which were often critical to their survival in the polar regions. They asked many families to join them. So on September 9th, 1921, Ada arrived at the port only to find that none of the other Inuit families had turned up. Let's talk uh, Let's talk about why. Sure. Yeah. Wrangell Island is known to be a polar bear's nesting ground. Oh, I like
0: polar bears. <laughs> They're so friendly.
1: It can reach, like, minus 50 or minus 60 degree temperatures. It's super windy and half of the year it's cut off from the rest of the world. So the year, the half of the year that there is absolutely no sun because you get like six months of darkness or whatever up there, right? Um, It freezes over and nothing can get in or out because the water, like it just, it's ice for miles and miles. It's surrounded by ice. So everybody else thought better of this expedition and no doubt why were they doing the expedition in the first place you ask
0: yeah why would you like why would you want to go to a place (laughs) that is a nesting ground for polar bears it's like nobody's up there like why would you want to claim this land
1: (laughs) i have no idea but stephenson had been planning this expedition for years he had been known for his arctic explorations and he was he had also survived an ordeal in an earlier expedition He believed that the Arctic was livable if you knew how to navigate the terrain. He believed that if he educated people about the Arctic, that people might want to colonize the area. And like I said earlier, they were going to claim the island as belonging to the British Empire.
0: I guess, you know, everybody thought they were crazy building a uh, casino out in the middle of a desert.
1: That's true. Who
0: would ever go to a desert?
1: (laughs) That's true. Right? Absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Um, It is owned by Russia now. Back then, it wasn't owned by anybody. Anyways, Stephenson picked four men to do this expedition. Their mission was just to prove that people could live here on the island. So he sent Fred morrer and Lauren Knight. Both were 28 and both had served under Stephenson in the Arctic before joining him on the Chautauqua Circuit. So they did this exploration stuff and then they joined this like traveling lecture show this show featured comedians, preachers, and celebrity explorers like Stephenson. So they were like, I don't know, something you'd picture in the old circus days. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Come on, come (laughs) on, come (laughs) with us, (laughs) Come come on, you want to be a part
1: of us. (laughs) Come, give us money. Come join. You can own land. Come hear about the people who lived through the polar bear attacks or whatever. Something like that. Okay, I got you. Okay. Okay. Moore had been with Stephenson on the Carluke in August of 1913 when the ship became trapped in the ice. Stephenson left the ship and walked across the pack to Alaska. Maurer was one of the 25 who stayed on the ship, which was later crushed in the ice.
0: Crushed.
1: He and some of the others escaped to Wrangell Island, where they were marooned for nine months. Only 16 of the party survived. Lorne Knight was a former whaler who had spent four years in the Arctic with Stephenson and like Margaret Morer, he was eager to get back north. Okay, now we get to 19-year-old Milton Gal for the third. He was the third. Milton ran the slide projector for Stephenson. He'd never left Texas before joining the show, but he became fast friends with Maurer and Knight who pushed for him to join the team.
0: I'm gonna go with he doesn't survive. <laughs>
1: The team's fourth member was Alan Crawford, a student from the University of Toronto. Recru- oh,
0: so he's going on vacation. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's like, I, th- I know this I know shit. This
0: shit. I, I think I'll just take my light jacket. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he was recruited mostly for his citizenship because if the expedition was to claim the island for Canada, they needed a Canadian. They could later give the island to the British Empire since Canada was part of that at that time. The plan required Crawford, who is 20 years old, and he had never been that far north to serve as the team's commander. Of course. <laughs> right. That's and, the
0: projector guy?
1: Yeah, no, no, it's the the University of Toronto guy. Oh, well, he'll yeah. be fine. Um, the more experienced knight was named second in command. So this all seems like a good plan, right?
0: Well, he's got a Canadian in there, so <laughs> at least he's got somebody who' knows a little bit of a cold.
1: Oh, and did I mention that Stephenson wasn't going? Of course not. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you guys go ahead. I'm sure you'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I'll catch up.
1: <laughs> so, Steph- Stephenson sent the quartet to Wrangell Island with six months worth of supplies and orders to stay there for two years.
0: Six months of supplies, yep. stay there for two years.
1: Because he was, like, truly believed that you could live off the land in the Arctic if you put you your can. mind to it.
0: <laughs> you can, if you're trained.
1: And the, the whole plan was that he was going to have... Inuit families that would teach them and help them, right? But But he didn't
0: get that.
1: None of them, none of them came. Okay. A ship would come by in a year or to top up their supplies, although Stephenson thought it wouldn't actually be necessary. But he also advised them in the strongest terms to hire local families to accompany the expedition. Okay. So back to Ada standing on the port and looking around at the fact that nobody else showed up but she's a single mom with a sick child and now she kind of feels sorry for these guys the team told her it would be okay because they'd hire more people along the way and so she agreed they also brought a cat with them because bringing a cat on an expedition was supposed to be good luck
0: um uh, obviously they never seen the movie alien
1: well she lived This is almost like alien like now that you're telling me that it's all click. the parts are all clicking together in my head. Okay, yeah,
0: it's probably the movie alien. <laughs> it was not a small small group that went out there. They took a catalog for good luck. This is where alien came from. And it, then they you know all what? get destroyed.
1: It, 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 really, it really might be where Alien came from. Anyways, they named the cat Vic.
0: That was the name of the cat. No. <laughs>
1: But when they reached Wrangell Island a week later, Ada was still the sole Inuit member of the team and the only woman. After their fi- writing their final letters home, the mail was loaded onto the boat and the captain made his return to Nome. The group worked for 16 hours straight setting up camp, pitching three tents, one for their living quarters and two for supplies. But they soon discovered that their supplies, which were supposed to last them six months, were in poor condition. Some of the food had turned rotten and other items had not made the trip at all. The seven dogs they'd purchased at home were underweight and malnourished. Perfect. Right. Nobody <laughs> was too concerned though, because Stephenson had told the young men that the, f- the friendly Arctic, that's what he called it, would provide everything they needed.
0: Yeah, snow. <laughs> yeah.
1: It didn't matter that none of them knew how to handle a gun properly, even though they were expected to kill their own game.
0: Yeah, that might be handy to
1: know. <laughs> it, it would be handy. A little bit handy. Well, they were supposed to have hunters with them, right? I don't think they realized how important those words were like, get some people to go with you. <laughs> Anyways, once the camp was established, the men spent their days exploring the island, carrying out scientific work, and studying the wildlife.
0: Yeah, it, don't gather food or anything.
1: <laughs> they documented everything they in their journals. Like, everything they did, they documented in their journals. Ada, meanwhile, sewed, cooked, cleaned, and scraped animal skins. Because at this point, there were lots of things to hunt. There were seals, and polar bears were nesting there and raising their cubs. In fact, you couldn't look in any direction without seeing a polar bear, which is terrifying to me. That's terrifying. Why? What do you mean, why? There's mama bears raising their cubs. Polar bears raising their cubs. I see them
0: on TV all the time drinking a Coke. (laughs) They look so friendly. No. Yeah, they drink drinking a Coke.
1: <laughs> okay. Anything. Anyways, things were going pretty well until it wasn't Ada got painfully homesick and frightened. Oh, and did I mention that Ada Ada was deathly afraid of bears?
0: No, you didn't mention that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that was a thing too. Um, she became withdrawn. She became afraid of Lauren, who only referred to her as the woman. She knew that the men were getting frustrated with her because at this point she was basically just refusing to work. She clearly had some mental issues going on. She thought that the men didn't want her there and that they all regretted taking her. And I think they probably did at this point because she was like going a little nutty. Um, she was convinced that night was going to try to kill her. One day she walked off into the snow with a bottle of liniment that she planned to drink to kill herself, but the men came after her and found her and dragged her back. Another time she followed fox tracks away from the camp because she believed that there were spirits disguised themselves as foxes and if she could find them she would be treated kindly. So in response to Ada's condition the men at first tried like reasoning with her and coaxing her and when that didn't work they mocked her and then that didn't work so they tried denying her food. They forced her to stay outside in the cold and even tied her to the flagpole. Oh. Yeah, that'll help. I'm that's sure that'll definitely help.
0: Definitely <laughs> the best way to help out <laughs> her mentally challenge someone going through mental. Yeah.
1: Issues. At one point, they threatened to whip her. It was bad. They were all frustrated. Um, but eventually, Ada recovered. And as winter drew in, she threw herself into her so work. So you're telling me
0: the flagpole worked? <laughs>
1: I think they call it um, Arctic heart hysteria or something when the sun never goes down. It's an actual thing. Like, it'll make you lose. Yeah, there's lose a,
0: there was a whole movie that was done like that with uh, Robin Williams or something like that. Remember?
1: No, I don't remember that. Oh. Anyways, I think that's what what was happening. Sure. Um, as the winter drew in, she threw herself into her work and the five united to survive the dark, cold months to stay fed and warm and to deter the polar bears that stalked the camp. At one point, two of the men were almost killed by a polar bear that broke into their tent. It was, they were throwing shit at it. They narrowly escaped with their life. Game was a lot harder to find in the winter. Most of the animals left the island. What are you looking up over there?
0: Don't worry about it. Okay. Why are you looking at me? (laughs) Aren't you a story to tell?
1: I should say that Vic was loving life. He was a happy kitty who probably couldn't figure out what's the problem here. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, they looked forward to summer and the arrival of a relief ship but summer came and went and the icy barrier re- the icy barrier around the island remained and the ship that stephenson had dispatched from alaska was unable to reach them stephenson had promised the captain double the payment if he could get through the ice he tried for a month but he couldn't penetrate the pack On the island, the party decided to send a couple men over the ice pack to Siberia. Knight and Crawford started south in December, but returned after only 13 days. Knight had grown sickly and weak, and he was suffering with the early symptoms of scurvy. So the team made a new plan. This time, Crawford, Moore, and Gal would travel over the ice, and Knight would stay behind. So Ada's job would be to nurse him back to health, nurse night back to health. The trio promised to return with a ship the following summer. Can you, like, we're going to send help. It'll be next summer, but we're going to send help.
0: But I thought there was a ship coming anyways.
1: Yeah, I told you it couldn't get through.
0: Oh, that one's the one that couldn't, oh, sorry. (laughs) But the next one will.
1: You're right, yeah. Okay. But if that, if they couldn't get a ship through, the other plan was... That they would send a dog sled to to rescue them in a year's time.
0: Oh well, as long yeah. as they have a backup plan.
1: Yeah, they left with the five surviving dogs, most of the remaining biscuits, and two five-gallon tins of rendered seal fat.
0: They weren't coming back.
1: The temperature was minus fifty-six degrees, and the next day brought a terrible storm. And the men were never seen again.
0: Well, of course not.
1: Night took six months to die. Oh. In his despair and emasculation, he lashed out at Ada. He told her that her husband had been right to beat her and said it was no wonder two of her children had died. Like, oh. yeah, really terrible things to say, even if you're dying.
0: Yeah, even if you're, uh, that, And the person that's taking care of you.
1: Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Not going to help much longer.
1: But even through his abuse, Ada nursed him. She sewed sandbags and heated them each morning and night by the fire, placing them on his feet. She made pillows to ease his bed sores, and when Knight could no longer move from his caribou-skin caribou sleeping bag, she emptied his bedpan. Ada wrote in her diary that he never stopped to think how hard it was for one, one woman to take the place of four men. And as she cared for Knight in the winter and the spring of 1923, Ada also taught herself how to trap and hunt. Gal had left a map of his three-mile trap line. But even so, Ada needed days to find the snares. For the first month, she caught nothing. In the second month, she caught a single fox. The third month, she snared three in one day. So she was getting better at it. Nice. Knight at first refused to eat the strong smelling meat, but eventually he did eat and said that the fox was, he was surprised it tasted so good. Ada ate the head and a little bit of the kidney and she saved the rest of the fox for him, hoping it would make him feel better. Meanwhile, she had started to develop the first signs of scurvy. Despite his constant abuse, Ada confided in her journal that she would miss night after he died. I mean, of course she would. Because after he was gone, she would be alone on an island full of polar bears with no sun for months and only a cat for company.
0: What's wrong with a cat?
1: (laughs) That's all she's got, though. That's, like, that's all. There's people that that survive every day with just a cat. (laughs) It's not like she could even walk, like... A mile to go talk to a neighbor like she is alone 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 one evening in June she recounted I was standing looking down at him and the tears were in my eyes for I thought he was going to die he looked up at me and said what is the matter Ada and I told him that I thought he was going to leave me Knight asked her to collect his journal and papers and take care of his rifle and camera the next morning he was dead Ada was too weak to bury him so she barricaded his body with empty crates and she moved out of that tent and moved into the cook tent. Ooh, Yeah. Well, I mean, it would freeze, I think, if there is no fire in there, right?
0: Yeah, I suppose.
1: Three days later, Ada shot her first seal, only to have a polar bear chase her away from the kill. Huh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry. I just picked that in my head. <laughs> Get out of here.
1: Uh actually it said this gets on to later after she's rescued but it says that she um shot a goose like right in the head at one point and somebody told her that it was an expert shot because it was in flight and she goes well i wasn't aiming at its head (laughs) (laughs) um in august 1923 as the nights grew longer and the frost harder she wrote out a will She said that her earnings from the expedition should go to her mother and Bennett and the boy should live with her sister, but that wasn't necessary. On August 19th, 1923, a relief party under the command of Harold Noyce.
0: Noyce.
1: Noyce. Reached the island on the schooner Donaldson. Ada met the crew on the beach wearing a caribou skin dress she had sewn and a huge smile.
0: And they're like, pocahontas
1: <laughs> probably <laughs> um that's so wrong <laughs> but i mean that's so typical too right
0: back then yes yeah. uh
1: she asked about her son bennett and when a crewman told her that the boy was well she asked why gal hadn't come back with the ship as he promised he would when she was told that none of the three had returned to Nome, she knew that they died on the ice aided blackjack was the sole survivor of the wrangle island expedition unless you count vic because he was rescued too
0: so does she get to keep the property
1: no oh. when she returned to alaska some called her a hero and the female robinson Crusoe, and others practically accused her of murder Noise took all
0: why of- would they accuse her of murder
1: listen this guy was a like a real dirtbag this noise guy was a real dirtbag He took all of the men's journals with him from the island. And remember, Knight was complaining. So he was in his journals. He's complaining about Ada because he's a big old jerk when he's dying, right? Yeah. So when he got back, he started telling terrible stories about Ada. He said that she didn't take care of Knight while he was dying, and she ate all the food and left him to starve. The newspapers got a hold of the story, and they sensationalized it. Noyce ripped any pages out of the journal that said anything nice about Ada. So it just, it's all of these like bad stuff. Oh, yeah. That's what it means by they ripped out all the nice stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he completely ignored her accounts for her part. Ada refused to speak to reporters. Her goal had been to survive and return to her son and that she did. Stephenson na- never paid her all the money that she was due, but he sent her enough money to reunite with Bennett and take him to Seattle where the boy's tuberculosis improved. Ada got nothing for her story, but Stephenson made all kinds of money. He used the journals of Knight, Ada, and the others and wrote a bestseller, The Adventure of Wrangell Island. Ada was just content to get on with her life. She remarried in Seattle and had another son, Billy. She divorced and married and divorced again. And then she contracted tuberculosis and fell once more into poverty. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. She gave both the boys to Jesse Lee Home for Children in Seward and struggled for nine years to recover her health and reunite her family. In 1937, she moved back with them to Nome, where she worked herding reindeer, hunting and trapping game, and she died in 1983 at the age of 85. And that is... Alone? Did
0: she ever get married again?
1: No, I think the last divorce was the last one.
0: She didn't do well in the marriage department.
1: No, I wonder what like I should have looked to see what happened with her kids, but Yeah, she had a really tough life, but I mean, she was a tough, you know, when I you know, she was a tough bitch. Like Whoa! She... wow, wow.
0: <laughs> language. <laughs> I am so sorry. I know <sighs> she just she can't make it through one episode. on a happier note nobody was raped no children were murdered
1: (laughs) yeah yeah children actually survived so you mean your
0: stories are getting a little better in 2023
1: (laughs) that is my story of the kick-ass Inuit Inupiat ate a blackjack
0: do they even use the word Inuit anymore
1: I think so I wanted to make sure like People are still using that word. I checked before I did the story because I didn't want to say something that I wasn't supposed to be.
0: Oh, yeah. You didn't want to say anything there. We'll just go ahead and say the word bitch and fuck and everything else. But (laughs) Let's not get that wrong, right? My microphone's falling apart as we're speaking.
1: Oh, well, that's not good.
0: No, it's not. There we go. Fixed it. Hope that didn't affect anybody out there. I know that you want my soothing voice ringing through your ears. (laughs) Oh, no. And there it goes. (laughs) All right. Should we pause this? No, we don't need to pause it. We don't stop. We keep going. I can make anything work. My wife is laughing because my microphone is literally falling apart. It just exploded.
1: It just exploded.
0: However, I, as a true, what do they call it? Artiste,
1: podcaster.
0: Podcaster. We'll continue on through adversity. I could stop. I could edit all this out. But damn it, we're giving you a real story here. We're giving this you is how real it life. This is how things happen. So I guess with the end of your stories and stuff, I'm a little chilly after listening to that story. You know that? Seriously. <laughs> it's like, brr. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a minus one here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Imagine minus 56.
0: Yes, but you know, like people would say, it was. it's a dry cold, it's, so <laughs> it's not a wet it cold, it doesn't feel the same, it's like the heat, it's a moist heat, so it, the humidity, yeah. down there it's a dry heat, hot is hot, cold <laughs> is cold, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, how you try to spin it? <laughs>
1: Minus 56, I don't care if it's moist or dry, it's going to be damn cold.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, well... I am going to keep us going in the, uh, the Canadian, the great Canada here. Okay. So, in Mississauga.
1: Ooh, close to home. In 1996. Oh.
0: Johnny went for a ride.
1: What kind of a ride?
0: Oh, he went for a ride 23 stories down to his death.
1: Oh, no. Oh, I don't like that.
0: Well... The other thing that Johnny was doing is something that you do like to do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he was feeding birds. But actually what he was doing was he was out on his deck, the balcony of his condominium apartment in Toronto, cleaning his bird feeder.
1: Okay. That and what, all sounds innocent so far. Right. And what he
0: decided to do and thought would be the best way to clean this bird feeder hanging off the balcony would get a chair.
1: On his balcony. That on his balcony starting to sound bad
0: <laughs> with wheels no, yes. johnny. So no slurt, johnny so when he went up there he leeched forward and you know how sometimes you reach forward and your stuff will flick out yeah the chair flipped out flipping him over the balcony and down he went
1: yeah. <laughs> johnny must have, like their last thoughts must have been must be like oh that was a really bad decision <laughs> right yeah no but you'll be happy you know know what he could have been he could have been a smart like you know like schooled person that just made a really stupid decision that one time
0: well the good thing is that during all the bird feeder stuff and everything like that no foul play was expected
1: (laughs) (laughs) he didn't like fall on somebody and kill them too (laughs) nope well that's good
0: yep i guess that's good I mean, he's dead, but yeah, you know, we all died. Nobody else died. <laughs> Except <laughs> the, unless the, the, the birds were dependent on him. The question
1: is, did the birds get fed first? <laughs> yeah.
0: No, because he was cleaning. Oh, he was cleaning it. That's right, So it yeah. didn't get fed. Poor oh, birds. They had to go without dinner birds. and everything. In December 1996. It's a 96 theme. A little bit of 96 theme here. A Jay County man decided that he was going to check how the inside of his muzzle loader muzzle loader gun okay how clean it was what's a
1: muzzle loader
0: so a muzzle loader is where you got like it's got all the
1: i like think like the old school like where you put a th- stick down the thing and like like uh, we're talking like
0: something along that lines yeah okay. but not quite like it's not like that but it's a uh, it's one where you got you got gunpowder and stuff and i think that's what they use up here for deer
1: oh okay. is a muzzle
0: loader um, anyways, he decided, um, now I'm lost. Hold on a second. Where am I? There I am. So yes, uh, Johnny, was 19 died in his parents' home at about 1130 PM. Uh, apparently he was cleaning his 54 caliber muzzleloader and it had not been firing properly. So he decided to look in the barrel with his
1: Eyeball. lighter, <laughs> oh, with his lighter, lighter,
0: which then ignited the gunpowder that was in there no and took his head off
1: and it's oh my god you know what the most terrible part of that story is is his parents probably thought he had commit suicide at the you know like why would you assume that he did something really stupid like held up a lighter to a gun to
0: yeah so yeah yeah i never thought about that when i was doing yeah you don't yeah yeah but yeah but again like why? i don't understand like i've done gun courses i own guns we are like you know what i mean like yeah i have lots of guns
1: yeah you have to they show was... you
0: the proper way to clean these things though They show you how if to break it was them was down.
1: his gun or if it was somebody else's
0: still thing. then if you don't know then you don't pick don't like, touch, don't, don't don't touch.
1: touch. Yeah. like guns? that's how
0: accidental killings happen and it happens all the time well,
1: i don't know how many of your stories have been gun related but it's been a lot of them
0: Right? And it's all yeah. accidental shit because yeah. they're not doing it properly. Yeah, like well, the one guy puts it down the front of his pants, unloaded, and shoots his penis <laughs> off, for God's sake. Well,
1: there was a six-year-old in the States this week that went into school, and a six-year-old? Yeah, but
0: they're saying that that wasn't a, an accident. Oh. Yeah, read that story before you start talking on here. <whistles> not good.
1: A, a six-year-old deliberately I, killed his teacher?
0: Read the story. Oh, I will. I'm telling you.
1: I will, then. They're
0: saying it wasn't an accident, that wow. he actually planned it. I don't know all the facts, but from the stuff I was reading and kind of flipping through when I heard it. But they said how, it, a, how
1: does a six-year-old get his hands on a gun? That's my Well, that's the
0: thing. Yeah, right. It's not locked up properly. Yeah. It's not put away. Like ours are like, you know, mine's in a, I don't even think you have the combination too. I think I'm the only one that yeah. can get into it. It's yeah. locked in I a case. Like and been through
1: this before. Yeah. So,
0: to... well, of course we have, because it's all yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Anyways, now, now comes a little, little better one. Mm-hmm. Now, this one, we're going to skip a year ahead to 1997.
1: Oh, we're still with the late 90s.
0: And we're going to head to Texas.
1: Okay. Lots of good things happened in Texas. Yeah.
0: A Dallas man was flashing passing traffic.
1: Flashing them? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, trench coat. Yep. <laughs> so
0: he was a flasher. So the police were alerted by a motorist who had spotted uh, Johnny, 47, standing naked on a railroad <laughs> trestle. When officers arrived, Johnny decided to take off still naked (laughs) as officers approached and then he decided to run back and grab his clothes but then he ran back onto the railroad thing and he leapt from trestle to trestle and tried to aim for the concrete support underneath but he missed and fell 35 feet to the ground and he he died at parkland hospital oh oh, no naked naked
1: (laughs) (laughs) see that's immediate karma if you want the rest of that if you want if
0: you want the rest of that story you can actually it actually this is a pretty good one this one actually gave me the whole uh you can go to dallas morning news july 15th 1999 there's a whole big oh no this is sorry this is for my next one no this is for my next one i did there's another one in here because this one was kind of funny too a drunken 20 year old woman was standing next to the railroad tracks and
1: the same railroad tracks
0: yep and she decided that she would um flash her breast at the engineer
1: this so is she... like right after that guy died
0: no it's 2 oh, years later oh, okay, okay, 90 okay, okay. remember 97 okay, 99 okay, yeah. so um she's flashing the engineers and everything like that and the train actually swept her off the tracks and then she fell down and was oh uh, my god yeah
1: wow <laughs> oh the things people do
0: <laughs> and actually I don't think it was the same tracks cuz one know. was in Texas one was in San Francisco. Okay.
1: okay. See what
0: you did to me there? You got me all excited. Now <laughs> I I'm, now you... I'm, tra- okay. I'm fact checking. But
1: I thought you I thought what happened was the guy died. And then there is like people coming to be in the news or whatever, and she was walking by flashing wow. while we were talking about the story. But so
0: here's the thing. I haven't read anything. I mean, do you well you said you were flashed before in, in um that yes, actually times. happened to you in, in several uh,
1: times in Hamilton. in Hamilton. Hamilton's a shit city. I okay, pray. Do we have to do with the swearing.
0: <laughs> and don't knock Hamilton. Somebody might be listening to this from the I Hamilton. grew up in
1: Hamilton. I'm allowed. <laughs> <laughs> it is my birthright.
0: Nice head. <laughs>
1: So anyways. Okay, okay, I have to tell that story when you're done.
0: I yeah. thought I would look up. Did you know that flashing is up by 40% last year? Oh, that's not 40%. Opening. That's not opening for me anymore. Anyways, it broke down. The numbers broke down that the police in England and um, Wales have to deal with 31 flashing incidents a day. What? a day. Oh my and gosh. the states, when I looked up in the um uh, in the United States, they are dealing with about 10,000 a year.
1: Wow.
0: I couldn't believe that.
1: That's a lot. Right? That's nuts. But could you in
0: the like 31 yeah. a day.
1: Yeah, that's nuts. Okay, I have to tell my nice head story.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, cuz like I mean I, I was just trying to do my stories, but please oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Done. No, forget forget. Done? I'm no I'm okay, done now.
1: Listen. You brought up nice head. I have to tell myself. My radio broke.
0: <laughs> You've taken over my story time.
1: When I was growing up in Hamilton, everybody would be like, nice head. That's what we said to each other all the time. I, it was like... For what? Why? It was like every other sentence. So if somebody said something that was unbelievable or... Dumb. You'd go nice head, like yeah right or whatever. That's what your yeah right. <laughs> yeah, that was nice our, head. That was like our whatever it was nice head. So I thought this was like a universal thing. No, <laughs> no, no, apparently it wasn't. Because I went to Thunder Bay to go to college and I was using it like I had always used it because it was like such a common part of my terminology. And some one day somebody finally looked at me and said, why do you say that? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, why do you say nice head? Well, that's when I learned that it wasn't something that everybody said. Anyways, years later, I looked on Urban Dictionary and it says in Urban Dictionary is, you know, it's the term for whatever or nice try. And it's specifically used in Hamilton, Ontario.
0: You are weird. You are so weird. Like, I don't know what I did wrong to wind up with you. But I think God or, or whoever, Cosmic, being up there just looked at me and went, Ha nice head. You're getting her.
1: Nice head. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen,
0: boys and girls, people of all ages, colors, and religions, mm-hmm. that's our stories for the day. That is it so if you like our podcast please like subscribe tell all your friends yep email me if you have any weird sayings from your uh your area that you'd like us to talk about yeah email them in we'll talk yeah, about we'll stuff talk
1: about them we'll talk about anything yeah
0: we're, we're pretty easy we'll tell our story we'll even make <laughs> short stories and talk more about you because our stories sometimes are not that interesting however thank you very much again for all the support we are getting new countries we've actually had some people coming up to us that we don't even really know that well telling us that they like it and and stuff so that's it's exciting for us we seem to be growing a little bit and that's all because of you uh telling other people out there so thank you thank you very much please tell your friends friends. and like we said we like to listen to listen so even if you got four radios going and throw them on your front porch (laughs) we're okay we're cool with that whatever it takes to get some lessons up there listens Listens. not lessons (laughs) It's my radio. I'm confused. Or my speaker. My What am I talking to? Microphone, into? your microphone. My microphone. Oh my God, it's late. I have to go to work in the morning. Well, are you ready for the dad joke? I am. We are on page seven of
1: Laugh no, Out Loud. We're flying through this book.
0: Well, it's because some of them are. I'm skipping some of them. Oh, I was okay. going to read you one and I'm like, I can't even do some of these. <laughs> what did the kids say when the carnival left town? Bye that's so unfair oh, yeah. you like it
1: oh no, she doesn't
0: <laughs> okay well ladies and gentlemen that is our podcast our stories for this week I hope you enjoy I hope everybody has a safe and happy week and we will I uh, we guess we won't see you but we will talk to you again next Sunday
1: okay bye